Out of the Gate is all about story sharing. I'm Henrietta Pepper, hailing from the bluegrass state of Kentucky and inviting you to listen to and share personal stories of faith, family, and friends. This is a community for you to weigh in on shared reflections, which ultimately will ignite new conversations and story creation. I encourage you to join this conversation. Soak it all in, connect with what drives you forward, and get inspired to share with others. Hello, I'm here with two special guests today for this podcast and video recording. Um, We have Reverend Elizabeth Buck and Daniel Martin here at St. James Episcopal Church. We have the opportunity to do this outside for all the right reasons because it's an absolutely gorgeous day on our parish campus. Um, We have the church here in the background and just the beautiful outdoors, which we are so blessed to have here at our parish campus. So I want to introduce you to our Reverend Elizabeth Bach and Daniel, our organist and choir master. So I'll let you guys just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about how you journeyed here to uh, St. James, Elizabeth. Thanks, Henrietta. So I've been at St. James for over two years. I've been in the Diocese of Kentucky for 13 years now. Wow. And I really love being out here with this uh, beautiful setting and I feel like St. James is my home. Wow. I did not know that you've been in the diocese that long. Mm -hmm. 13 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. You don't look it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You look very young. And Mr. Daniel. So I've been at St. James uh, actually 13 years this month. Wow. I know. I can't believe it's been that long. That is amazing. Yeah. We're so blessed to have you. Well, I'm blessed to be here. So you kind of have a dual role here. Kind of talk about your role as kind of the music program director, if you will. Um, So yeah, um, we have a small but mighty choir that's kind of the core of our program. we invite children to participate when they are comfortable and willing. Uh, we have several different instrumentalists in the, in the group. Um, and we have some handbells that we can use occasionally and tambourines that we can use occasionally. We We're very fluid fun. here at St. Yes. James. We <laughs> create it. We, we try to run the spectrum between traditional and fun contemporary right. stuff. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. I think even more than ever with the restrictions we have as singers during the pandemic. I think we've all grown to have just a better appreciation of music in our lives generally, but especially as it pertains to worship. And I know I've sorely, sorely missed it. So we're gonna get into that and kind of uh, the role that musicians and just music in general play in our lives, but in our spiritual lives. So, Elizabeth, you wear a ton of hats, and I know every leader in their faith community has different roles, but with a smaller parish and um, during all of this pandemic, um, you're out, you're about, you, you have to kind of be the rock of the leadership team we have here. So, how, how do you manage all that with the roles, the different roles you're playing? Mm, with prayer yeah Yeah. (laughs) manage with prayer uh and youtube uh i used youtube to look up all the ways to use youtube and facebook and zoom and um, wi-fi and yeah fight all those battles yeah Um, uh daniel and i were talking earlier i think that that's going to become 
an intricate part of our outreach, don't you? I mean, I don't think this is a temporary band-aid. I think this is going to be a part of our of our outreach to the community from now on. I agree, Henrietta. And also, one of the things I'm thankful for is that because of that online presence, we've created a meta community. So there are people that live yeah. nowhere near Pee Wee Valley, but consider themselves very much connected mm -hmm. to St. James. Uh, they tune in all the time, they give, uh, they call me, you know, if they need help. Right. So it's kind of a cool connection across the entire nation. Yeah, it's extended. It's extended our base, I think, right? And you're, you feel yeah. just equally connected to those folks. We have a bricks and mortar headquarters, mm -hmm. uh, but then we have this internet web that is very real. Yeah. So speaking of that connectivity, I know for me, um, there's been lots of, you know, you hear about the COVID effect, right? And for me, the, the COVID effect has affected me in a positive way as it pertains to my faith. And I think I always looked at it, I grew up going to church. Like, that was what we did. We went to church and it was wonderful. And um, I actually have a story I'll read here in a second. It's in the book about, it's called The Back Pew, because my family saturated the back pew of the church, starting with my grandma and grandpa, and that was the coveted seat. But we grew up going to the physical bricks and mortar, and that was church for us um, in precious moments and precious building of my faith. But what the COVID has done it has shown me that faith, my faith, is much, much deeper than this beautiful parish that we have here and so I've had to find ways to dig deeper in my soul and deeper in my head about making that connection with God um, are you are you two experiencing something similar because musicians can't meet together and sing together yeah so we've found ways to sort of make music uh, with each other yeah, yeah. remotely yeah um, so yeah, in that way, it's, it's extended far beyond the physical limitations yeah. of this campus. Yeah. yeah. Are you seeing it? How are other people um, dealing with this from a faith and spirituality standpoint? Mm -hmm. What are you observing, Elizabeth? Yesterday I had chapel for our preschool. And so all the children are in a square on the Zoom and uh, their parents are in the background or they're a little baby brother who's just wearing a diaper is running around and we uh, go through our prayers and our blessings and our thanksgivings we always pray for healing for the sick and then we sing our little uh, song this little light of mine and so they can all sing safely um, and then after we sing it together i invite anyone who wants to sing it to everyone they are shining their light to all the squares so to hear a four-year-old holding up their little candle finger and singing in their four-year-old voice, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, is a very power-packed moment wow. of faith in a very tiny square. Whew, kind of makes me a little bit. No, I get it. Yeah, a little emotional, because their little voice is so small, but it has an enormous uh, amount of faith in it. Oh, it's true, it's of all ages, right? Um, and I've seen our more senior uh, parishioners who you would think would be uh, really, really struggling with this. 
I've talked to them and they're it is they're rediscovering new things and new aspects of their faith and I think that's just it's mm-hmm. so it's in some ways refreshing so I think there's obviously the negative effects but there's some positive effects that mm-hmm. I think have come with some optimistic views of the future out of this experience mm-hmm. we've all been dealing with so kind of back to what church family really means and I think that's the beauty of here at St. James and other parishes that I've belonged to over the years is when you really get it right the church becomes part of your extended family Mm -hmm. and I would say the same thing true for our choir family our music family so there's like little subsets of this blended family that we have and we respect each other as family we obviously worship together as family we share the good times and the bad times but um, I liken that if you haven't had an opportunity to have that faith-based family in your life I highly recommend it Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that is what the specialness of practicing my religion that's the most rewarding part of it you got me to thinking about uh, just a casual outdoor dinner I had the other night with some friends from St. James with whom I had shed a lot of tears we've been through a lot of grief together and we were able to have this um, moment of levity and just have this bond to share, recounting the grief and the sorrow, but that there was this moment, like this beautiful day and the sun was shining and that we were gonna take it all in together. And it, I did feel that sense of family because of uh, St. James being the place where we could gather for both uh, grief and joy. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I actually have a story in the book about uh, living for the little moments of joy and gratitude. And I think, uh, unfortunately, this parish has experienced a lot of grief for a lot of different reasons um, over the last couple of years. And in some ways, I know it's brought us closer together, but everybody has just bonded uh, over that. So I'm glad to hear that story. Um, So speaking of that, and you think about love and Um, expression of that love and especially God love I'll read you a little excerpt from a story in the book it's called who loves you the most and it says um, I've noticed as I've gotten older I extended my I love you's to people outside of my family my close friends who I adore and would find it hard to live without my church family with whom I've shared the most glorious and saddest of times my choir family who celebrates God with words and music melodies throughout the church year. My work-related network of friends who have shared the thick and thin moments of work life. I guess my new love MO, mode of operation, has come about because I finally have come to realize that it's the people in your life that matter the most. Nothing else really comes close except for God. What about the God love? So I go into, you know, is it really that much different, the connectivity that you have with God that you would have with your closest family members. So, not to put you on the spot, um, but what is your connection with God, and how do you how do you express that? My connection with God, I would say, is close, and I hope I express that everywhere I go, everything I do, everything I say. Um, this would be the time that I would really want to talk about um, my calling. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, because yeah. you have a great story there. Yeah, because you just your description made me think about 
Um, God loved being pervasive and inescapable. So when I was four years old, I was just out in the yard playing by myself and there were flowers everywhere. And um, around this one blooming bush were uh, an entire um, collection of bees that were working the flowers. And it was a very loud humming noise because there were so many of them. And as I was just standing there, completely surrounded by the bees, I heard the voice of God uh, calling me to be a priest, uh, very clearly in English. And uh, I, at the time, it didn't occur to me that that was any different than anybody else's experience or that that's what happens when you're listening to bees. Um, being four years old, I just never <laughs> thought to question it. And I just went on about my four-year-old life. Uh, so that impression being my first memory uh, has just influenced every perspective I have. Wow. Everywhere I go. So be careful. There's a bunch of bees back here. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Dan? What was kind of your calling? I mean, you're so talented, first of all. We call you the kings, to, you have the keys to the kingdom because your talents are just exorbitant. But I'm sure there was probably a moment where you said, this is what I want to do with my, with my talents. Um, I don't know that I could nail it down to a moment. Um, from as, as early as I can remember, I've always been fascinated with uh, keyboard instruments. I remember uh, in church, you know, I would... Yeah. like to observe those that were playing and um, my parents tell me when I was about two I started finding anything I could that looked like a keyboard and oh, pretending I was, <laughs> was playing it yeah. so um, I've just it's just been in my blood all yeah. my life yeah um, yeah it shows it Thank shows you. because it's so organic and so genuine um, your expression and everything everything you do, both of you, both of you. It seems so natural, like you really are called to do this in your life. <laughs> you really are. So um, back to kind of that COVID effect. Um, for me, I'll, I'll read you a little excerpt, but I'd love to hear kind of from your perspective how it's awakened you. Um, so kind of be thinking about that. But for me, the COVID effect has basically culminated into three words, lack of sleep. <laughs> I've always been a light sleeper, but used to getting about six or seven hours of fairly solid snoozing per night. However, no more of that, my friends. Some days I'll wake up wide awake. Other days I can barely keep my eyes open, but my head is spinning with all that, those thoughts of good, bad, and ugly, and I can't go back to sleep for the life of me. So rather than fight the head trash, I throw on those all too familiar two-day-old sweatpants and t-shirt, rouse myself out of bed. Optimistically, I usually grab my pillow in hopes of drifting back off to sleep at some point. Try to do a little paperwork, watch some TV, anything to bring the slumber that I so desire. But it has also become a vicious cycle, frankly, and a little bit of a pattern. But it has also become an awakening I've had some major cries reflecting on the hardships and pain that the world is experiencing. I've reconnected with friends and family on a deeper level. Sorry. I think we've all been there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
uh, get reconnected with friends and family on a deeper level because I've come to realize how vitally important those are people those people are in my life I've rediscovered the power of prayer and meditation there's way too much material stuff in my life and I'm slowly ridding that clutter ridding myself of that clutter in my noise my closets have never been cleaner or meet, more neatly organized. So that's kind of my awakening. It's like I said, it's, it's the realization that it's the people in your life that matter most next to God. Um, so I'm just interested if you had any certain awakenings in your life during all this trouble. Oh man, it's been really tough. I still struggle with missing the choir. Yeah. Um, it's a part of me, you know. Yeah. It's like not having an arm all of a sudden or something. Yeah. Um, but I think it has given me opportunity to um, strengthen my gratitude practice. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It's, oh my goodness, it makes such a big difference. And I'm very glad that um, I had already kind of started down that path. Um, and it's given me opportunity to realize that even at my age, I can learn something new. <laughs> yeah. I've learned to, to edit audio and video right. and stuff for choir oh, and Oh yeah, and now you're and the master that. of it. We're all envious. My hero. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So, you know, it's, um, it has been a bit of an awakening. I, I like yeah. that, that, yeah. that phrasing. That it's, has been forced on us in some it, ways it has, right but, but it's opened our it's it's opened my eyes to things that i would never have ventured down like i was saying about getting up and watching the sunrise i you know yeah i just took it for granted or trying something new that i've always wanted to try and i write up in the book about i write about that that we all need clapping monkeys and we also need realists <laughs> in our life like yes you can do that you can do that uh, but you know what's real um, how much time are you really going to spend on that? But mm -hmm. I think this has awakened us to, you know, life's short. So we might as well get at it, mm -hmm. you know. What about you, Elizabeth? Any, like, awakenings? I really like the phrase awakening. Uh, for me, there had to be a lot of sleeping ahead before that. And that doesn't make sense because I have also struggled with insomnia. So I don't even know what you call that when you're just laying in bed mostly awake but not totally yeah so I do have a specific kind of manifestation of that awakening where uh, I was so exhausted I felt like a zombie just walking through the day and I had to attend a meeting that I was kind of dreading just because I wasn't sure I could manage my own responsibilities in it you know you mentioned I have a lot of hats around here and one of them is the boss lady and I was like you know I gotta go to this meeting and how am I supposed to be in charge you know I can't even yeah. hold my eyelids open and wow. I just came to the end of myself and I said God you are gonna have to do this because it's not that I don't have the patience I don't have anything left I'm on empty mm. and mm. I just sat down and I I can't explain it it's just that I'm attributing it that God did come in and out of this kind of sleepy zombie state came this amazing reconciliation. Wow. And I walked out of that meeting kind of 
feeling like I had woken up and I had this epiphany and I went ahead and took a chance thinking, hey, um, if God's working this reconciliation power, what else can I parlay that into? And I was able actually to experience a series of reconciliations uh, because of that, because I had nothing left of myself and I was able to surrender that to God and say, God, you do the work. I'm just going to sit on my hands. Wow. <laughs> and God, God did. That is powerful. A lot, yeah, that could be, well, if you write a sequel, I'll <laughs> tell you those stories. <laughs> no, but that is, it's a time for reflection, right? So the whole Out of the Gate book is about reflection and inspiration are the mm. two words that most people who've interacted with the story say, along with the sharing. So it's the power of not just telling your story, but it's the power of sharing these stories and reflecting on how Elizabeth's story, I can totally relate to that in a whole different way. Mm -hmm. Same thing with your you know, reflections on some of the things that you've, you've been awakened during this time. I can relate to that, you know? So I think the book has caused people in a good way to step back and kind of scratch their head and go, you know, I haven't thought about that period in my life or I haven't thought about that person in my life that um, has impacted me either negatively or positively and I need to come to grips with that relationship or I need to come to grips with that was reality and maybe how I would have done some things differently or how I am gonna do some things differently. I think that's a power, again, of stories and um, being able to use them in mapping your direction for the future. And I think coming out of the pandemic, a lot of people are thinking about what is my path going to be and how am I going to use the talents God gave me and my passions, but perhaps redirect them a little bit. I mean, are you feeling that? I mean, are you, have you got some things going on up in your head? Well, you know, like one, one of the things I actually never had planned to do yeah. was record myself. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who knew? And then put it on the internet for all the world to see. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of given me that opportunity to to expand my comfort zone a right. little bit. Right. What about you, Elizabeth? I'm engaged to be married. What? <laughs> I, I did not know. know. Congratulations. Like, that a debut on your podcast. Oh, my but, goodness. Oh, wow. That is wonderful um, news. Did you know, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, I did not know. I would have never. I thought we had shared that. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I, I Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, Congratulations, thank my you. friend. Thank oh my you. Goodness. I would have never foreseen that. It is a result of the reconciliations that started because wow. I was in, insomniac. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that is new. That is brand new. Wow. I, I, I don't even have details. I don't. You don't need them. Uh, yeah, because, and I just thought, wow, that is a huge healing in my life. I had thought that wasn't possible for me. And I. It's transformation. Oh, wow. Well, good for you. Thank Congratulations. You. That's amazing. So we'll touch on those reflections when we continue the conversation in the second part of this podcast. I invite our listeners to tune in then.